This is BTS with CTV, behind the scenes, behind the stories we bring you from the CTV Vancouver newsroom. My name is Penny Daphos, and I'll be your guide behind the curtain to the bombshell criminal investigation that saw two top bureaucrats removed from a provincial legislature under police escort. This is a shock to the institution and a shock to British Columbians. Former Mountie and current Sergeant-at-Arms Gary Lenz and legislative clerk Craig James, who runs the place, were suddenly suspended by MLAs. Are placed on administrative leave. As journalists documented the unprecedented fallout. How are you feeling? Uh, numb right now. Any idea what this is pertaining to? No, I don't. The two men were rushed out the door as reporters hounded politicians for the answer as to what could have justified that kind of treatment. Unfortunately, I can't comment on this file at all. There's an ongoing investigation and I don't want to compromise it. The only one saying anything was a mysterious advisor to the Speaker of the House who took on the investigation. As far as I know, it is absolutely unprecedented and if I can be frank, I mean, it's it's disturbing. Um, it's disruptive. CTV News was first to discover that investigation into some sort of alleged wrongdoing had been going on for nearly a year as tempers began to flare in the legislature. That is outrageous, Mr. Speaker, and I call upon you to discharge your responsibilities and your authority to call for the The question swirling around how it was handled by a minority government trying to hold on to power. It's a scheduled meeting for the 6th of December. It most certainly is true. It most certainly Members, is true. Members, order, please. The public spectacle with no details of the allegations more than a week later prompted this surprisingly honest admission from the Premier. I wish this had not happened uh, as it unfolded. The lack of information made things worse as the public grew hungrier for concrete answers. Oh, I think it's a scandal and I also think it's unique. We've never really had the institution itself be the scandal. As the developments came fast and furious, senior CTV cameraman and legislative veteran Chris Brinton was running up and down the hallways of the place where we're recording the podcast. Chris, thank you so much for being here. How long have you been covering the ledge? I've been here since uh, the, the fall of Vanderzam. So that was that was like 1990. So quite a while. So you've been here and seen a lot of things. Have you ever seen anything quite like happened when what happened when the clerk and the sergeant at arms were, were taken out like that? No, that was quite unique. I, I'm not quite sure if they really thought the camera guys were going to go all the way to the parking lot but um we did so yeah it was i think he was in in shock i actually felt kind of bad for him well let's start out with how you found out in the first place because it's not like this was something that was on the agenda sounds like uh the journalists who were kind of waiting outside chambers got a little bit of a tip from some of the mlas that something was coming down and to pay attention is that what your impression was yeah i was like a special motion was being brought to the floor in the house and um Everyone was everyone was kind of wondering what it was going to be, and then all of a sudden it was all this about the administrative leave for these two guys. And Gary was they took him out fairly quickly, and I think the only one that got a shot of that was Dirk Miser from Can- Canadian Press. But then um, everyone was in the speaker's quarter outside of um, Craig James's office, and he came out, and he was holding all his biking stuff and because he'd cycled to work that day yeah he had brought his bike he's quite a avid biker and um and he was kind of it seemed like he was he was really blindsided he was appeared like he was quite in shock it was quite bizarre Uh, well i have no idea 
desire to start an arms no I know it's going um, when the motion was introduced in the house a few minutes ago did, did you get any kind of formal heads up before oh nothing at all and do you have any idea what this is pertaining to no I don't and neither does the sergeant at arms and what I find interesting about that is that he had just found out from the speaker um, that he was being placed on administrative leave along with the sergeant at arms, but he stayed there and he just answered every question that the journalists had for him. And he, like you say, he seemed shocked, but he also didn't seem like he was being evasive because every question they asked and he didn't say, okay, time to wrap it up. He literally stood there until all the reporters had run out of steam. Yeah, he answered everything that was thrown at him, and he really had, you know, as he was saying, um, that he had no idea what the allegations were. He was really, really caught flat-footed and really blindsided. Yeah, yeah. I think we have a right to know what it is. Yeah. Were you sitting on the floor of the House when that motion was... No, I was in the Speaker's office. Oh, and did the Speaker inform you or give you any indication? Uh, He informed us that we were going to be placed on administrative leave. Uh Is it one incident or do you have have, any clue at all? I have no idea. He didn't get very emotional... Um, but he did this look like he was in, quite in shock and he was trying to figure out what the heck was going on. So he runs out of steam. It's time for him to go home. But since he rode his bike to work, he doesn't want to be pedaling away on a day like this. And so Gary Lenz, the sergeant at arms, uh, pulled into, um, not that you knew this, but uh, Gary Lenz ha- had pulled in to give him a ride. But you were following the clerk outside the uh, legislature as he was walking out. And I've seen the raw footage for this. You had to, as you're carrying the camera, uh, walk down a flight of stairs, maybe a couple flights of stairs. You walk out into the daylight, you had to redo a white balance as you're still asking him questions. Quite odd situation. It is. It's uh, very disturbing, but uh, we'll see where it goes, I guess. I mean, it was like the cameraman Olympics trying to get that footage uh, as he was leaving the building. Yeah, it was, I mean, we've, I've, I've done, we used to do a lot of, of backpedaling, like more than, more than we do these days. So all the camera, we would actually kind of put our arms around each other and backpedal down the hallways. There, there you know, there's been, there's been scandals before um, where people have been actually trying to run away from us. But, um, so we've done a lot of backpedaling, a lot of crazy shooting in the hallways taking out chunks of door jams and stuff nothing really uh, a, a perfect it's not a perfect science we we bonked into a lot of things but yeah you just you get pretty good at backpedaling and going downstairs and stuff like that and you try and remember to make sure your balance your color is balanced correctly and you're getting fairly decent sound hi gary our mics are pretty good. These directional mics are pretty good, so um, they pick up they pick up audio really well. So that always helps. So you got all this amazing footage. Um, our legislative reporter happened to be um, away uh, on that day, and so I was out. Actually, the the story that I got assigned that day was the uh, renegade river otter eating koi in Chinatown. So I was on my way down there uh, to relieve Sheila Scott, who was our morning reporter there, reporting all day, and I got a call from my assignment editor saying, "Well, where are you?" 
And I said, well, I'm at this and this intersection downtown. He said, I need you back at the station. I said, are you sending me to Victoria? He says, yes, I am. So what I actually did was uh, cameraman Gary Barnt uh, took me home. I, I live not far from there. I packed a bag, and then I was on the 130 flight. I got that call at 1225. So 12.25, I got the call to go, and I was uh, on the um, uh, a float plane at 1.30, came here to Victoria just after 2 o'clock, and then you and I had our, had to put our heads together, had my wrap my mind around this, um, you know, trying to get more information. I'm emailing the RCMP during this time, trying to get more. They were not saying anything. Uh, and then you and I basically had to dive, you know, headfirst into this. And, and, of course, the entire CTV network wants information. They all want... Um, uh, you know, visuals and clips and, and live hits and whatnot. It, it, it gets to be very intense when a big story like this is coming out of Victoria. Oh, yeah, it is. It's really intense, especially like this one was just, out, uh, you know, came out of left field. And uh, it, people were trying to figure out what the heck the allegations were. Um, Still are trying to figure out the allegations. Well, yeah, nobody could. No one's that hasn't come out. Um trying to figure out who to talk to. I mean, the whole thing with um, the speaker's special advisor started to take over a bit. This Alan Mullen started to be kind of a bit of, of the story. And, and it was quite it was quite interesting. But there was a lot of working parts. So it was really trying to figure out who we needed to clip and who we, who we didn't have to, right? Well, and you have been here for so long, you know everybody, but I was almost quite literally parachuted in here, so I don't even know the protocols, who's who in the zoo, there's nothing. So I've been relying very heavily on you, and for the listeners, uh, Chris walks down the hall, he knows everybody's name, he's got a friendly comment or a joke or a, or a little bit of a tease for uh, whoever he sees her. So it's been, I've relied very heavily on you to know um, who's the best person to talk to, what time do things happen, because uh, Victoria here at the legislature, there are a lot of rules and a lot of things are done a certain way. And unless you have someone to kind of guide you through that, you just cannot get anything done here. Yeah, there's a lot of little quirks and, and things that you, you learn over the years. I mean, you got you t- were trying to take a picture into the house today. See? Uh, yeah, I maybe got scolded today. <laughs> you got a little scolded for that. I mean, just stuff like that, right? Yeah. I mean, little things like that, as well as just getting around the buildings. I mean, yeah. it, it takes a while just to figure out where our office is and how to get there and i mean it even even that takes a while but you have to really be careful up in the speaker's quarter because there's a lot of uh, rules that we're, we're like i'm i'm so used to not standing in the middle of the carpet they don't want us in the middle of the hallways i'm so used to being on the side in the hallways and that if i'm ever in the middle it seemed after so many years, it, it seems odd to me. Oh, I'm not supposed to be here, you know. And just so people can understand why that is, all of the uh, reporters, whether they're for print, radio, or television, and the uh, camera operators have to stand to the sides because when meetings let out, there could be 50 people coming out of a room. Nobody wants to get trampled. Nobody wants to fall with expensive camera gear. So you're not even thinking about it. You're just kind of standing there chatting and, and, you know, what do you know and what have you heard? And then all of a sudden, somebody comes and sternly move to the side just yeah. for safety. Reasons. Yeah, and there's a lot of there's a, there's a lot of staff. I mean, and even if it's the MLAs, we're supposed to give them. You know, they're supposed to be able to f- flow freely down the hallways with all their staffers and stuff. So we just be 
cognizant of not blocking the hallways and I've, I've done it for so long I, I know now that if I see like I saw Tanya in the middle of the hallway today Tanya don't stand in the middle of the hall <laughs> you know like it's verboten so um, yeah just stuff like that and you just you just learn over the years no idea. The paper's so, office will be issuing a statement shortly. Okay. So, and I guess you never know where information is going to come from as well. Uh, this uh, special advisor to the Speaker, Alan Mullen, the Speaker himself didn't want to say anything, so Mullen had spoken the first day on the Tuesday mm-hmm. uh, when the two men were ousted, but then the next day we were just hoping to get an, an update from him. All the other media had put in requests, and our car- colleagues at CTV2 had set up an on-camera interview, even though Mullen had said, I don't really have anything new for you, but we, you and I decided, let's go just in case. And my question for Mullen, um, which had not nobody had answered yesterday. No one had really heard about this special advisor. Um, you'd seen him around, kind of having mm-hmm. a smoke, but nobody really knew what his function was. Most MLAs didn't even know he'd existed, but we did know that he was hired in January. So when we went to ask him a few questions, when he'd said, "Oh, there's nothing new," and you know, he he actually was quite sensitive to people saying. We need to know more. The public deserves to know what it, what this is all about. I totally agree, uh, and, and that's what we are actually working towards: is, is greater transparency. Uh, I mean, currently, unfortunately, we can't comment further. Uh, it's a it's a police investigation. It's a criminal investigation, and the last thing we want to do is is do anything to jeopardize that. So then I asked him, "Were you hired for this investigation?" Because we knew that he'd been hired in January. Uh, the speaker had concerns. Uh, the speaker had concerns in general. Uh, he asked me to come on board to essentially help him navigate uh, a number of different issues. Including this uh, he, he just felt that uh, he needed somebody that he could rely on to navigate constituency issues, uh, you know, parliamentary issues. Um, he was new to the role of speaker and he needed, you know, sort of advice and guidance. And when issues are, are, are coming about, he needed somebody that could be on the ground and, and investigate those issues uh, on his behalf. Was this one issue one of the brought on? Pardon me? Is this one of the issues you were brought on to deal with? Uh, there, there was just a number of issues. Well, you, you said you started in January. That's correct. And this issue was already active in January there, when you started? There, there, there was ongoing concerns. Well, this Including this since one. January. Including this one, yes. That's kind of what I was getting at. So this has been going on since at least January then? There has been ongoing concerns, and, and the main concern, like, like you guys have suggested, is transparency. That's how we found out that this investigation had actually been running that long, and that just opened a whole can of worms uh, because finally we had a timeline. That was a huge revelation right there, and we just kind of, I don't want to say we stumbled into it, but I don't think we were expecting such a big revelation over an update that was supposed to be a nothing update. Yeah, he... That was quite interesting because that was just you and I and our colleagues from CTV2 doing that in the Rose Garden, and he was seeming to say what he was originally always saying, that he was hired for a variety of reasons and and to look into a few issues. But then you guys were persistent, and and then all of a sudden this, yeah, I've been looking at this since January came out, and we're kind of like, okay, well, now we're actually getting some information like you say about the timeline and stuff i as soon as that came out and it was hitting twitter and stuff you could you could kind of feel the buzz in the building actually but all of a sudden all the other reporters are running around going where where did that come out and they're actually kind of snarky that they thought it was a a, uh press conference or something that they should have been privy to and that there was some sort of secret something we were in on but literally i just asked him if he was hired 
to deal with this because we knew it was January. So that's, it was just one question mm-hmm. that he kind of avoided answering at first, but mm-hmm. that just opened up a whole can of worms. Yeah, I think he's actually been, uh, you know, fairly accessible. I mean, I don't, whatever you think of the gentleman, I mean, he seemed to be answering the questions to the best of his ability, but it's still, still an interesting uh, last number of days, that's for sure. And so then how did things change when Wally Opal came in? Because then he was appointed as a second special advisor. And I mean, back in the day when uh, Wally Opal was the attorney general, the uh, um, the opposition used to call him Stonewally. So we weren't necessarily expecting him to say a lot. But that first day that he came over, um, he did have quite a bit to say. Yeah, he, when we saw him on Friday when he came over to meet with, with um, Plekis and Mullen, um, He's, he, you know, he, he doesn't run away from me. We had a pretty good scrum. It was about seven, eight minutes. The speaker uh, got and sought advice before he did the things that he did do. It is somewhat unfair, in my view, to be um, cross-examining the speaker. And he was basically doing what you'd think. He was standing up for the speaker, saying that he did what he, what he needed to do and that he was getting legal advice the whole time and he, didn't, he wasn't going rogue and this stuff is all information that he had gotten from his lawyer and that he wasn't doing this willy-nilly. He basically backed his guy and, uh, and I think, like you even said today, Mullen was all of a sudden gone. Yeah. It was a very, I thought it was a very different dynamic too, because Opal has been in and out of the spotlight for so many years. He knows, and and the fact that he's a former attorney general, former judge, Mm -hmm. he knows exactly what to say um, to placate the public, to placate the media, but also um, to not uh, get himself in too deep in terms of what he doesn't want to say. So it was just interesting. I I just felt like he was a lot more in control of the situation. Oh, he knows exactly what to say and what not to say, where he can go and where he can't. I mean, he's been around forever, so that was probably a smart move, right? Um, Like, the whole thing last week for a couple days was totally starting to revolve around Alan Mullen. It went off track. Who is this guy, you know? Who is this guy doing this clandestine investigation, right? I mean, and, and it really went off track. It went off the rails on Tuesday, Wednesday for a while, and then he kind of, they Wally kind of brought it back. That being said, though, I think that there's actually a lot of stuff going on with this situation here. How did this all come about? Because that's all we're left to talk about right now because we don't know what the allegations are. And and my point to the RCMP and my point to the Speaker's office was, I understand not wanting to say a lot because the investigation is incomplete. I totally get that. They don't want to ruin these people's reputations unnecessarily. The problem is, when you don't say anything, people start to speculate. And that has just been churning out so much stuff that that's starting to damage the reputations almost as much as had the allegations been out there. Because it's been with the RCMP since August. They've had this for months. The special prosecutors, two of them, have had it for almost two months. So the fact that nothing's been said, it it just fosters a whole bunch of speculation. And the rumor mill, it's just been working double time. Oh, yeah, it's been going nuts. I'm not really sure how that process works. I mean, to be honest, I mean... I guess I'm still surprised that Lenz and and James have no idea what the allegations are. I mean, even today at their press conference, they're like, we don't know. I I find that odd. But then again, maybe the maybe the they they can't tell them anything yet. I I'm really not quite sure how that whole legalese works. 
So, Chris, we're recording this on Monday afternoon. Uh, This thing's been going on for about a week now, and it seems that tempers are starting to run a little bit short. I mean, we did see uh, Mike Farnworth. We keep just sending the same questions to him. He just keeps the answers get shorter and shorter, and and they're almost uh, rehearsed because he can't really say much. Uh, But we had a a bit of a fiery outburst, I would say, from uh, the speaker himself, Daryl Pluckus, today. I think what you people need to do is understand that when you talk about investigations, it's a huge continuum, and one of those is called due diligence, and I, I'm thinking that you might want to do some of your own. Yeah, I was kind of surprised he did that. I thought, you know, he would have just, you know, walked right by us, ignored us. I mean, that's like the smart thing to do. I mean, um, but... That is generally the strategy, yes. <laughs> yeah, just ignore ignore the questions and just go about your business. I mean, but I guess he's just, he just had enough. And I, I don't think he particularly liked the question that was asked of him. And he kind of went after the, um, the reporter a bit. Um, but I think, I think everyone's getting a little, uh, not, not short, but like, like you said, Farnworth, uh, David Eby, the Attorney General, they're getting tired of asked about this because they, they really can't say anything. So they're getting a bit annoyed with that. And, um, and I mean, those are the only people that are in front of us because I've been contacting the RCMP mm-hmm. to try to get information because obviously there's going to be a lot that's in their bailiwick. Mm-hmm. Um, all they're doing is sending me back emails just saying the investigation's underway and I understand you're frustrated. Well, people need a little bit more than that. You've been working on this for months. Can't you give them a little bit more? We have zero sense about what this is about. Yeah, well, and I think that's also bothering people. They have no idea what... What, what the allegations are. No one really knows what this is all about. People are getting tired of being asked questions they can't answer. So everyone's just getting a, a kind of short with, with, with all of it. And the session is, is due uh, over tomorrow. So maybe it'll give time for people to kind of reassess. Yeah, so by the time people are hearing this podcast, um, I imagine things will start simmering down because, you know, we're starting to get into Christmas break and whatnot. But I think the longer this goes without answers, the more aggressive those questions are going to have to get because Mm -hmm. is there something here or is this another situation where there's been this huge public spectacle marching these people out in what is essentially a perp walk? Uh, And what is it all for? I mean, these are legitimate questions that nobody is really addressing right now because, oh, there's an investigation. Yeah, that's why we need to learn a little bit more than than what you're giving us to know. Was this whole thing justified to remove them or could you not have done it while they were on their jobs? You know, know, there's just a, a lot of questions around that right now. Yeah, there's a lot of questions unanswered, and um, I don't think we're going to get the answers anytime soon. I mean, they were thinking of having a, an emergency meeting of the Legislative uh, Assembly Management Committee, but I think they're delaying that now till uh, the early December. So, yeah, there's still a lot of things unanswered, and it's just um, a, it's a story that's not going to go away. And it does make it harder to cover because what's going to happen once the session is over is um, some of the members are going to stay in town, but a lot of them are going to go back to their constituencies all around the province because mm-hmm. they've got work there to do. There's, um, you know, they'll they want to connect uh, with their constituents, which is what happens in between sessions. So it's going to be really hard even to ask 
Mike Farnworth or David Eby or anybody else for an update because, yeah, they're in uh, the greater Vancouver area, but try to track them down, try to get any... It, it gets really, really difficult when you can't just lurk in a hallway, which, by the way, people, that's what we've been doing for a, a week is the legislature is a big place, but you got to know where people's offices are and what the schedule is like. And literally, poor Chris is is lugging around this camera for hours waiting for people to talk. Yeah, it's... um. As soon as the the session rises, the fall session rises, everyone's gone. So you don't really have access anymore. I mean, if if they if they if they let you come to their constituency office and for interviews and stuff, you can still maybe get an interview that way. But things get a lot harder. They're not just walking in the hallway and ready for us to descend on them so yeah it's going to be harder to get answers i mean we're going into christmas time too everyone's going to get uh, hunkered down a bit so very frustrating but we're going to keep at it and i really appreciate all your hard work covering this well thanks a lot for joining me in this craziness (laughs) and thank you for uh, making sure that you don't abandon me in the hallways because i still get lost in this big crazy place Despite the moments of levity behind the scenes, the seriousness of the events at the legislature can't be overstated. If the allegations that launched the criminal investigation do in fact result in charges, the scandal will amplify. If the allegations and investigation don't result in criminal charges, and it's happened before, the scandal will still amplify. And either way, heads will roll. It's just a question of how many. I'd like to thank Janine Avellino for her help with archival audio this week. And thank you for joining us on BTS with CTV. Is there a topic you'd like us to cover on a future podcast? Email me, bts at ctv.ca. And if you like what you heard, please subscribe for more insights, tidbits, and the stories behind the stories. I'm Penny Daflos. 